Welcome back, I'm Kim Bailey, she's Fuliana Osborne and today we're continuing our talk with Mick Plummer about career transitions and the use of outplacement services. When I was asking some feedback when I was in human resources and I was asking, or just general management, asking people how did they find this transition process and what if they could pick one or two things that they thought was most helpful. I must admit I've been close to this process from all aspects and this one surprised me but I kept it in mind and that is they said they were helped in the way they would articulate to their family, to their friends and to afterwards mm. potential employees what to say. What to say. And yeah. they found that these are very highly intelligent, capable people, yeah. helped many, many, many people in their time and says, now what do I say? Yeah. It's easy to say, restructuring, yeah. redundant, those two words, they come <coughs> up all the time, but why me, why now, and how do I feel about it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And articulating that, I think, was harder for a number of people than them getting the news. Yeah. And so they found the placement services, the coaching, the mentoring, helped them do that and get comfortable with the language and the tone in which they can feel human, they get it off, but at the same time they don't impact the other party unnecessarily. Well, it's, it's rewiring your brain. It's no different mm -hmm. to writing a journal and writing down all the bad things that happen in yeah. the day and you keep rereading that and, it, and that just perpetuates you know, nothing's working and it just yeah. festers the wound. Yeah. But yeah. if you stop and you say, all right, well, I'll put that behind me and today yeah. I'm just going to write down the good things, even if you think you've had a bad day yeah. and you've yeah. got to only write down the good things that happened today, you'll always be able to find three. Yeah. Absolutely. And then that, if you do that at the end of the day, it rewires your thinking into, yes. and, you know, it's, it's a physiological thing that yeah. it rewires your brain to right. say there was some good that came out of that yeah. and that's what I should focus on because that's the direction I want to be. You know, we don't wake up every morning thinking, how bad can I feel today? No. Yes. So we've got to train ourselves at the other end of the day to give our brains time to rewire yeah. overnight. Yeah. But, but, you know, it's the communication thing is really, really mm -hmm. important and I mean, it's... You know, when we first meet the person that's just lost the job, and mm, that'll yes. usually be a few minutes after they've lost the job, yes. the most important thing for them is to go out and tell the yes. rest of the world, and that usually means their partner, yes. what's happened. And that's really important. Mm. I mean, you have heard terrible stories of where an individual loses a job and doesn't go and tell yes. the partner that they have yes. and pretends to go back to work. Yeah. And we've, you know, we'd like to believe that that doesn't happen anymore, but it still does happen. It does happen. Um, and, you know, it is very hard to go back and tell yeah. your partner that yeah. you've just lost a job because yeah. you feel in some way it was your fault, you know, whether it is or not. Mm. And then the next, so we have to, you know, try and encourage individuals to do that yeah. and check with them when we see them again that how did that go and what was the okay. reaction of the partner. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the next important thing is what are you going to be telling the market, if you like, which yes. is the search firms and the potential employers in your network, what's happened. Yes. And once again, people find it very difficult to, to say what happened. You know, and our encouragement of them is to say, tell it. Tell exactly what happened. Cast yourself, of course, in the best possible light, mm -hmm. but tell the world exactly what happened because mm -hmm. the world will accept it. It's not, yes. it's not the end of the world. Yes. Um, but it's funny because we do video interview mm -hmm. training with people yes. um, and that's 
pretty important. And one of the very first things we check is what we call the leaving story, which is, you know, what happened to you at X firm and why have you moved on? And often they'll revert straight back to something that you know is not really what happened at all. Mm. And quite frankly, the market will know that too. Yes. Yeah. And so you have to bring them back to it to say, well, now let's just try it again and let's communicate what did happen. Perhaps it was a parting of the ways between the two of you, the chemistry was not right between mm. you and your boss or whatever. Yeah. Mutually, you decided that, uh, you and the organisation mutually decided that you move on. And then they'll start moving gently towards that because that's what happened, you know. And then, of course, it's what are you going to tell the next-door neighbours and family gatherings and things yes. like that. So you're dead right. It's, and, and also we wear our jobs, you know, like it's what... When, when people introduce themselves at parties and things, it's, it's what they do is really important. And when, they, when it's, well, I'm not doing anything at the moment, I'm currently unemployed, that's very difficult, yes. you know. So, so helping them work out what they might say is really important. Yeah. Interesting that we see that not just in, in people who lose their jobs for whatever reason, but it also in retirees, that they, they, their vision of themselves, who they are, is the job that they did or were doing, mm. and they can't move beyond that. Yeah. And there's no life beyond that. That's right. And yes. that's the approach when it happens. But I just want to go back to something you talked about in, at the beginning of that, was the timing of when you come in with your services. Yeah. Yeah. Almost immediately? Is that always the case? No, it's not always the case. The, in an ideal world, we would like to meet the individual you know, that's affected immediately after they've had the termination meeting. Yep. A belief that that's a sensible thing to do is because that person needs help at that time, mm -hmm. but also it helps them move forward because you can give them some guidance on, some reassurance that you're going to be helping mm -hmm. them, but also some guidance on the stuff that they might want to do next, like how they speak to their partner and organising for them to come in and meet you know, us to get mm -hmm. them started. So it, they don't sort of get stuck. But sometimes it's not appropriate to do that. Sometimes organisations would prefer you don't because they just don't feel comfortable doing that. Mm. So you, you'd meet the, uh, we, we call a person on a, on a career transition program a candidate because they're a candidate for a job. So we, we might meet that person later on sometimes. I mean, to be honest, it's not an easy meeting for us either. To no. Meet, but we would prefer that we meet them immediately afterwards if at all possible. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I've not ever thought of that. In the situations I've been in, the outplacement service people have always been in the room when you get told the news. Oh, no, so it's, it's that, that immediate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, here they all are. I'm firing yeah. you. He's going to find you another job. And this person needs you to fill out these forms so we can pay you and see oh, you later. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, usually we, we won't be at that immediately afterwards. Nick, tell me a bit about the networking. You mentioned networking and part of the outplacement, one of the stages is to encourage the candidate yeah. to rebuild their network. I had some experience where people who are very, very good at networking, yeah. they actually get lost at that time. Yeah. They get lost because they're used to people coming to them because they're in a senior position and things happen around them. They're always meeting and greeting and, and knowing people. And now they feel they're not in that position. Yeah. They have to actually break their eyes. Well, do you, did you come across that? Yeah, mm. because it's what we were talking about before, Fuliana, is you know, often I think people are embarrassed by the fact yeah. that they've lost a job and that they 
don't want to tell their network that they mm. have. So there's almost a yeah. reluctance to network. Right. And of course, there's also a lot of people who don't have a very good network mm -hmm. as well. And almost everybody thinks they're not a good networker. <laughs> Which isn't true. Most people no. are actually pretty good networkers, yeah. but most people don't have any belief that they're any good at networking. Or they don't they don't identify a network. Yes. Yeah. They, yes. they don't see that the people that they know are ostensibly a network of contacts, regardless of what they do yeah. or how you know them. Yeah. That there's other parts of their lives that you don't know about that might be useful anyway. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And also, I think people confuse networking with glad-handing people in pubs and things. You know, that's not networking. I mean, yeah. it might be, but it's not. Networking is having a mutual help group mm -hmm. where people communicate with each other and they help each other. And most people do that. So mm -hmm. most people have a network, you know. But for us, it's really, really important because we keep stats on how people get jobs. Yes. And of the people that come through our doors across Australia, 58% of them get jobs from their network, yep. uh, which is a much higher number than all the other sources, you yeah. know, like the search firms and advertised jobs and the recruitment firms. They're all much lower stats. So your network is, you know, and how you use it is significantly important to you. And you would think, too, that these days at that level, within the network, whether they identify it or not, there's going to be people who've been in the same position. Yes. Who, yeah. Who've been through all oh, of this. Yeah. That, and, and who knew that this was coming for you anyway because yeah. they, they know what's happening in the industry with one another, all the other companies that are around. So, yeah. so they're yeah. not isolated from what has happened. Yeah. And as you said before, they will know if the story's true or not. Yeah. So yeah. why would you not fall back on that? Support group, you know, oh, which which it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I remember when I was made redundant, which is how I discovered the outplacement industry. <laughs> and I remember I was a bit embarrassed about it, and I was a bit embarrassed how to tell the next door neighbour, strange enough, because I was going to be at home a lot more, yeah. and they'd sort of notice that you were at home, you know. And I remember finally when I saw one of my neighbours over the fence or something, and I said, "Oh, Rob, by the way, just to let you know that you'll see a bit more of me recently because I've just been made redundant." And I remember his response was, yeah, that happened to me a couple of times. And yeah. there's this recruitment firm I should introduce you to. Yeah. And, you know, Maybe. exactly, they're all yeah. there for you. Yeah. Yeah. And this yeah. country is very supportive, yeah. you know, because it's been a frontier mm. sort of country. Mm. People are very supportive of each other. And the network usually is absolutely there to help. You know? Yes, and I think what, what we fear in our minds in those situations is us putting a label on things that isn't necessarily there. You know, we're, we're hiding behind, this might be how these people would react. It's not how I would react, you know, if the situations are reversed, but it might be how they react. So I'll prepare myself for that when we're not really looking at the reality of, of how these people have been friends for you over years or done things for you and would only want to be seeing the best for you anyway. Absolutely, so, yeah. And all you, you know, your network is just a conduit, really. And all you're looking for from your network is, of course, advice on organisations, on, you know, but really more so looking for connections to businesses which you're trying to explore. You might not want to work for them, by the way, but you want to find out more about them, and yep. the network can do that so easily. Yes. And now, of course, you've got LinkedIn as well, which is yes. an extraordinary tool, which, you know, for, for, for us and our people, it's just an amazing bit of technology. So, so in that way, we're using technology. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes, and, and I think that that's probably what we should look at in this situation, is that we can use technology. Technology is not going to replace 
the human services that are available in this area, but it's certainly going to make some of the tasks broader and more useful yes. by using the technology that's available. I think that's exactly right. Mm. Yeah. So, for example, on that point, is that I know that going through the air placement services that you provide is you go through different steps and then you do questionnaires and all of those to yes. find out what you're good at, you know, your strengths and weaknesses, but then what's most natural to you, dealing with people, being a researcher in a back office, etc. Yeah. That part you can do online. You can. I mean, we, it, although it's interesting what you're saying, Fuliana, but I mean, we look upon that, uh, we call that career insight here. Yes. So it's a career evaluation mm -hmm. you know, process. We think that that's probably the most important part of outplacement, really, because it's a very important thing for you to define the job and the career that you're mm -hmm. looking for. Yeah. Because, you know, if there's an opportunity in losing a job, it's that you move into something that's going to work better for you over the next period. Now, we use technology to do that a lot. You're quite mm -hmm. right. So you, you use very good online tools nowadays to do that. Mostly American tools. Yeah. <laughs> Although there are, the tools come from all over the world, we mainly use American tools. The important thing is the conversations that come out of them you know, so yes. it's the information you see that's come out of the tool and the conversation between the consultant and the candidate yes. that will open up things, really. Okay. So that's where we need good, you could call them coaching skills, but I'd probably call them counselling skills more, yeah. really. So yes. that, that's a really important part of what we do. Yeah, that, that's really important because I could go and fill it online and then what? Yes, I exactly. mean, if I was yeah. doing it all by myself yeah. and I'm in that situation then what do I do with that information? It can even be more confusing yeah. to me that all my life mm -hmm. I was doing A and this says I'm suitable for B and yeah, I yeah, haven't yeah. done any B. And that's when the consultant is really, really the counsellor consultant, yeah. if you like, is crucial in that process. In that's that right. Process. So, so it's a process and it needs time as well. You yeah. know. Now, you know, that, that time is going to be dependent. It's... The more senior the role in many ways, the longer the period of time, because the person has perhaps taken that role even more seriously. Mm. But it's a process where you give some structure to the individual so they can explore various things, mm. but you allow them and encourage them interaction with other people beyond you yes. who can act as sounding boards for them, mm. and then they need the time to think it through. And often that time will change things as well. You yes. know? And again, I can think of an example of a fascinating guy that I worked with once who was a very high-powered individual that came out of a well-known Australian company and you know he should have been the managing director of this company but he didn't get that role mm -hmm. wrong choice actually but anyway never mind now he before I started working with him before he finished up in the firm and he was very clear in his own mind that he wanted to go back to another really senior role there was one more really senior role in him and then he moved towards portfolio which he'd get easily you know boards and things like that and then he went away for a long holiday with his wife you know when he actually finished up and they had a really good holiday and for perhaps for the first time for a long time he smelled the roses yes. <laughs> and he came back and said Complete change of plan, Nick. <laughs> I'm going to go straight to portfolio. So, you know, time can change things as well. And it was a right move for him as well. He ended up with a really good portfolio, which he's still doing now. I just want to reinforce the story about filling out the paperwork online. Yeah. In one of the stages when I was made redundant, the outplacement service said, well, we've got this survey, we need you to fill out, do this. And you don't know this, Nick, but I trained originally as an architect and then I worked 
in uh, human resources. And this was at the end of the human resources period, but with, not with the, go the government, with a, a private company. And the survey that I filled out suggested that I should become a hairdresser. <laughs> and I just didn't see that that was in my career. You know, I, I was coming out of a stage where I was tired of people, I have to say, in the human resources area, and I didn't really want to work with people anymore. And I didn't see how being a hairdresser was going to help me with that goal. <laughs> so I didn't take that up. And I did need to talk to someone about the yes. results and, and why it was, was producing that result and perhaps that some of the answers weren't being assessed in quite the right way. <laughs> so instead I went on to run a lolly shop, you know, but I just don't see how that really came out of that exercise either, but still. <laughs> did you enjoy the lolly shop? I did, I did. I still have it online. It still runs online, but not face-to-face uh, -face anymore. Right. Okay, so we're getting a picture of, say you come in early in the piece for yeah. um, the app placement candidate, and then you go through getting to know them, helping them emotional support, then talking about utilising network, giving them examples of percentage of people getting jobs through network, maybe use some tools online to assess what their career might look like. Yeah. What, what else is in that process about recruitment agencies, yeah. anything, introductions, forums where they can discuss different topics? I mean, it depends on the seniority mm -hmm. of the candidate in terms of where, they, where the next job's going to come from. But mm -hmm. obviously, I work with mainly reasonably yes. senior candidates, so the search firms is important yes. for them as well. So, and some of the boutique recruitment firms, or they probably call themselves search firms mm -hmm. as well. So to make sure that they do get out and meet them properly, yeah. so we obviously have to know those organisations ourselves. And of course, it is difficult to go out and meet them because they often... You know, what they're primarily interested in is driving their own business, and that doesn't mean interviewing lots of potential candidates, so that's difficult. So mm -hmm. we try and sort of put a bit of oil on the cogs to make mm -hmm. that work well. It's interesting, you know, your question also said, what about other things that happen in here? Yeah. And we do run little workshops in here. The, all the work that I do with my candidates, for example, is one-on-one, -on -one, mm -hmm. but there are other things for them to go to here if they yes. want to, and that includes particularly training in research, and that's really important that they know how to do research thoroughly. Training in LinkedIn, how to use LinkedIn, how yes. to set your LinkedIn up properly, all of that sort of stuff. A certain percentage of the people that come through here, not a big percentage actually, but a I can't remember what the stats are now. It's about 5 or 6% start their own business. So we send them on a training module to do that, and then we line them up with a consultant that's had experience in that space, usually starting their own business or something like that. I'm we, one of them. Oh, well, that's <laughs> right, you are. And you have to me on how to set up an MBN. Absolutely. Yeah, she's yeah. got her own national broadband <laughs> network, <laughs> yes. Not yet, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Telstra, Optus, Fuliana. And many of you listening to this will understand. <laughs> That's probably the case. <laughs> yeah. but, but also, I forgot to say that, you know, when we meet people, there's usually, you know, after you've just lost a job, there's three things in your mind, usually. One is, what am I going to do next and how am I going to find it? Well, that's our issue. But there are obviously two other issues that people would usually worry about. One of them is, I don't even know financially how I am at the moment. So we also use very good tax accountants to give people advice 
in that space. Not investment advisors, yes. but you know, good taxation guys. And they'll usually meet the person and their partner so that they can review things. And that we don't, we're not privy to those discussions. Mm-hmm. And the third thing that people can be concerned about is their health and fitness. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if it's been a very stressful time mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. again, we'll send people out on medicals, very thorough medicals, just to make sure they're okay. Yeah. And again, that information is privy to them. But we just make sure it happens and pay for it. Yeah. So really a holistic approach yeah, yeah, rather than so. focus on the career and lifestyle. Yeah. How, at the end of the process, do you measure success? Um, Apart from just, you know, we got them placed somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we measure it in two ways. Uh, one is we actually do do a career plan with the individual at the end of the career insight process. So mm-hmm. we've got a plan. So you actually eyeball the plan when the final... You measure the job against the plan. So is this really what you said you were looking for? Is it taking you where you want to go? Usually the answer to that is yes. Sometimes it's not so because people have decided to step down a bit and is that acceptable to the individual, blah, blah, blah. But what most critically what we do is we survey every individual that goes through here. We We get their permission to do it because it could break privacy, but we get a market research company to survey them because obviously it wouldn't be appropriate us doing it because it's difficult to tell somebody you've worked with for six months and they didn't do a very good job. (laughs) So we make it much easier for them to tell exactly what happened. So we survey everybody that comes through here and the results are really interesting. We're pretty pleased with the general levels of satisfaction. But what is really interesting is what was really important for them as they went through and... It surprises us, but I suppose it shouldn't in some ways, that what was most important for them quite often was the relationship they had with the consultant that they worked with. Yes. Because they felt that person added huge value to what they were doing and they really, you know, there was great appreciation. Mm-hmm. But, but the other obvious things are, yeah, the career evaluation process, help developing resumes, help with networking, training for interviews... Some people find the use of the facility particularly important. You know, yes. there are different things for different mm. people. Mm. But yeah. that, that facility point, it's worth making a bit stronger in that having a base in which to come, use the phone, secretarial services, and a number to give somebody to call you in on other than your mobile number. I think it, it's keeping that a bit of structure around yeah. your yes. life a yeah. bit. And, and, I think and a with, presence. Yeah, and yeah. a presence. And, yeah. and being able to, say, be in a city somewhere where you go into three or four interviews and you have time in between. Absolutely, that's extremely yeah. valuable than yeah. yeah. tracking off home or hanging around a coffee shop or whatever. Well, you know, there are those people who believe that outplacement facilities are irrelevant nowadays, you know. Yeah. And if you're driving technology as a delivery system, which is, this, yes. you would say that. But we find that, I mean, we obviously spend a lot of money on our facility yes. because we yeah. have cap, you know, we're in the CBDs in all the cap cities that we're in and we, it costs us a lot of money. But what we find is a lot of the candidates get a huge amount out of the facility. Yeah. Some don't. Some really yeah. don't want to come in here that often That's and they set up at home and they oh. use, they've got their own computers, their own mobiles yeah. and, and they just want to come in and see the consultant oh. or the researcher or come yeah. to some of the modules or whatever. But other people get huge value out of, oh. out of the office and mainly that either because they're great networkers and they oh. use it as a place to perch while yeah. they network around the city or because they've got young family at home yeah. and they can come in and get on with some work yeah. here, they're not yeah. troubled, or they're just that sort of person that needs a routine of an office to go mm-hmm. to as well, and they'll, that person will come in here every day. Almost, yeah. you know. 
Right, well, we're nearing the end of our time and we do thank Nick for his time and his expertise and sharing his experience and I have to tell you that he's looking very dapper today. He's worn his tie for the podcast. podcast. I promised I said I would say it. So just in in wrapping up, Nick, is there anything else that you'd like to uh, tell us on these topics that we've covered today that we haven't already quizzed you on? No, actually I think you covered it pretty well. (laughs) I, uh, I can't think of anything to add to your question. Fabulous, fabulous. Well, thank you for your time today. That's it for today's version of Inside Exec. I'm Kim Bailey. She's for Osborne and this is Inside Exec.